going to continue our, our study. We've been kind of working our way through a book by O.S. Hawkins called The Joshua Code, 52 verses every believer should know. And so we're, we're going to continue working our way through those verses today. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 5 today. And you may recognize Matthew chapter 5. It's the Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount, um, Hawkins in his book makes several good points that I wanna, I, I, I'm going to repeat today. Because the Sermon on the Mount, is a, it, we call these the Beatitudes, right? We call these the Beatitudes, not the do-attitudes, the be-attitudes. With God, it is always about being before doing, always. And, and what the Sermon on the Mount does is show us what a spirit-filled life looks like. It shows us who we should be, not what we should do. And this is a, this is a struggle for us. We are human, and, and we want to work our way. In fact, it's, I, I, we've talked about it on Wednesday nights. I think sometimes it'd be easier if God just gave us a checklist, you know? Just tell me how many times a day I got to pray. Just tell me. There are plenty of religions out there. In fact, about 65% of them in the world have a list of stuff you got to do. And that, and that would actually be easier in some ways because we'd be able to just check the box and, and move on with our day. But with God, it's about being before doing. It's about being right. So the Sermon on the Mount, it shows us the spirit-filled life. It shows us who we should be. You know, he gave the law and he gave uh, the holiness code and he gave, uh, God gave all of these rules and laws to regulate behavior. What Jesus does in the Sermon on the Mount is he tells us what our attitude and character and beliefs should be. Our beliefs need to be right so that our character is right, so that our attitude is right, so then we do the right thing. It comes from being right. And so the, 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 the Beatitudes and really all of the Sermon on the Mount tell us that we need to be right because what we do comes out of what we believe. Now, simple uh, ex explanation or, or a simple example of that is we talked sometime back, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And I said then that it's a, that's a worldview. You decide, if you believe the first four, four words in the Bible, in the beginning, God, then you believe that everything is made on purpose with a purpose. You believe that every life has meaning. You believe that, that everything God created is, is in line with God's purpose. Now, if you don't believe those things, then life boils down to a biological function. And it's going to be okay to murder even babies if life is just a biological function. Our society, our culture, our actions show our beliefs. Uh, the actions of our society belie what they believe. So we have to be right in order to, to consistently do right. And so, this, so Jesus gives us the Sermon on the Mount not to regulate behavior, but to get us in a place where we are right. We can be right with God 
and then we will act right as an outcropping of that, as, as the fruit of that tree. So I want, to, want you to keep that in mind as we study today because we're going to look at this verse as we have been all year with the study tips. First thing we're going to ask is, what does it say about God? Second thing, what does it say about me? And the third thing, what do I need to do now that I know this about God and myself? And then we're going to look at it phrase by phrase. But I want you to keep in mind that this is about being right. It's not about doing right. So even as we study it this way, you're going to see that what we need to do right is to be right. So let's read this verse. It's up here behind me. It's Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Filled. So what does this say about God? Well, it tells us that it is God's desire to fill us. It tells us that, 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 that God desires to fill us with his righteousness. Now, uh, the, the concepts of righteousness and unrighteousness really come, the, the Greek words come from the Hebrew idea of righteousness and unrighteousness. The Hebrew idea of righteousness and unrighteousness is righteousness is straight. And what's pictured, because every Hebrew word has a picture, what's pictured is a straight path. Unrighteousness is bent and crooked. And so what's pictured is a, a, a path that, that winds, that's bent, that's crooked, that goes uphill, that goes downhill. So you see the difference between straight and bent and crooked. You see the difference between righteous and unrighteous. God desires us to be righteous. And he desires to fill us with his righteousness. But he also wants us to want it. God never forces himself on anybody. None of us came to Christ because we were coerced or forced or, or came to Christ because we were argued into it. We made a decision. And when you make that decision, we continue to make decisions. I talked about this from, from, Hebrews, uh, from our study of Hebrews. We continue to say yes to God. And if we look back and see that we're stuck someplace, it's probably because there's a no where a yes should be. We continue to say yes to God. And as, as we continue to say yes to God, he fills us. It is his desire to fill us. It, it, as I said earlier, it, it, it shows us that being comes before doing with God. It always has. It always will. Even, uh, I've used this example before, but the holiness code, how to, uh, how to approach God, that's Leviticus 17. Leviticus 16 is the day of atonement. Atonement comes before holiness. Being always comes before doing with God. He wants us to be right with him. And, and, and it tells us, really all of the Sermon on the Mount tells us that Jesus is God. It tells us the deity of Christ. Because Jesus makes promises here that only God can fulfill. And as you go down a little bit further, if you've studied the Sermon on the Mount, he has, uh, Jesus has these, uh, you have heard it said, but I tell you sayings. He is reinterpreting the law of God. Only God can do that. 
So, so the Sermon on the Mount tells us of the deity of Christ. That's what it tells us about God. It tells us that he desires to fill us. It tells us that he does not force himself on us. It tells us that being is always before doing. And it tells us the deity of Christ. So what does it say about us? It says that we are important enough to God that he wants us to live according to our plan. God had a plan for your life from the moment you were conceived. And from that moment on, that he, he had a plan for you, and he wants you to live according to that plan. You know, uh, back in, in, in the, the garden, Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day. They had a relationship with God that was un, unmarred. And then sin happened. It happened in Adam and Eve's life. It happens in our life, doesn't it? And that breaks the relationship with God. It fractures it. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came to heal that relationship. He came to pay the price for sin so that sin no longer separated us from God. And so we are so important to God that he wants us to live as he intended for us to be. His purpose, his plan for us was to live in relationship with him. We are important to God. It also tells us that God never gives up on us. Never. Now, how do I get this out of this verse? Because it says, if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, God fills us. There are times in our lives we don't so much hunger and thirst for righteousness. As a matter of fact, there are times in our lives when we just put, kind of put God on the back burner entirely. God does not give up on us. When we come back to him, when we come to him in hunger and thirst, he fills us with his righteousness. He never gives up on us. I think that's good news. I think, I, I know I have taken advantage of that, that, that God never has given up on me. And it tells us that we actually can be righteous. It's actually possible for us. You, you may have a sin in your life that plagues you, that seems to just have a hold on you. You cannot get its claws out of you. It's possible to live righteous. It's possible to be free from even that sin. All we have to do is hunger and thirst for the righteousness of God. And he willingly fills us. It's possible for us to be righteous. This verse doesn't say we are righteous. It doesn't say we have attained it. As a matter of fact, righteousness is imparted and accepted. It's not earned and attained. And so this verse doesn't tell us that we have earned it or attained it or gotten there. And we probably won't in this life. But we grow closer and closer the more we hunger and thirst for Christ. The closer and closer we get to righteousness. We can, we can have our actions show what we say we believe. The closer and closer to Christ we get. And so, what do we need to do? Now this is where we normally would add a bunch of stuff, right? Right? If I asked you, if you asked, if you asked 10 people what they need to do to be righteous, 
I bet at least nine of the ten would start listing stuff they need to stop doing or listing stuff they need to start doing, right? That is not what this verse says. This verse is about being right with God. And so what we need to do is stop trying to do righteousness and start being right with God. It's as simple as that. We'll end up, the outcropping, the fruit, the, the eventual result, whatever you want to call it, will be actions that are, that are righteous. But the actions don't lead us back. We can't start there. We can't decide we need to clean ourselves up and stop sinning so much and, and, and get ourselves right with God. That's not how that works. We get right with God, then we sin. Then sin becomes less of an issue in our life. Christianity is more than just sinning less often. Christianity is about becoming like Christ, being right with God. This verse isn't about doing anything. It's about being. And, and we cannot possibly love someone that we don't know anything about. We need to lean in and, and lean into our love for Christ. We know he loves us. We have proof. It's the cross of Calvary. It's the cross that we see on, on our church. It's the cross that you may be wearing around your neck. We know Christ loves us. All we have to do is lean in. Lean into the love we have for Christ. Lean into his love for us. Because this verse is about being right with God. So let's look at this kind of phrase by phrase. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. The word blessed is really kind of a mixture of happy and fully made adequate. It is... It is a greater idea than happy, and it's more of a completing idea, like fully made adequate. So it's, it, it, this is what God's promise is to us, is that we will find this, this happiness, this joy, this completeness when we lean into him. Homer in his Odyssey used this word, and, and, and he described it this way. He said it's transcendent happiness of a life beyond care, labor, or death. Is it possible to, for us today to live a life beyond care, labor, or death? God says, Jesus from, the, from his very lips said, we can be blessed if we hunger and thirst for him. We can be blessed. And then it, hunger and thirst, now, this is uh, kind of a, an idiom. It, it, it's sort of a saying type. It's talking about our need. You know, think about what hunger and thirst does. Hunger and thirst saves your life. Hunger and thirst keeps you from, for, lets you know when your body is in need. So spiritual hunger and thirst saves your life. It is a need, not, a de, not, not just a want, not just a desire. It's a need to hear from Christ. How's your hunger for Christ? Because that's, that hunger, that thirst, is a signal of your need for Christ. Hunger and thirst is, is a natural thing for us, and we can understand it just that simply. I heard a, a story this week. I was at a conference uh, 
in the valley. And I heard a story this week that I thought fit here. There was a man, uh, a fairly large church in Florida, and this man lived right on the other side of the parking lot, right out the back. There's basically just a chain link fence between his house and the church parking lot. And this man hated the church, hated it, hated the pastor. He would stand out in his yard and shout at people when they came, when they came to park their cars for church on Sundays. He hated the place. Then a uh, hurricane hit. And the, the Southern Baptist Relief Organization was parked in that same parking lot that parking lot that was between his house and the church. So the pastor goes out to see how, the, how things are going with the disaster relief, and there's that guy standing in line with a plate of food. And so the pastor goes over and says, I'm surprised to see you here because you hate us. And the man said, when you're hungry, the church looks pretty good. I'm telling you, when you're hungry, for Christ, then Christ is the only thing that will fill you. The only thing that will fill you. For they will be filled. Now, this is both a conditional promise and it's an exclusive promise. It's conditional because it's only for those who hunger and thirst for Christ. It's only for those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. It does not say that the righteousness of Christ goes out to the entire world. It says it goes out to those who hunger and thirst for him. And it's, and it's, it, it's exclusive in that it is only for those who know Christ. You can't possibly hunger and thirst for somebody you don't know. It's based upon a belief in Christ. It's, a, it's based upon the fact that you have given your life to Christ. Then you will hunger and thirst for him. Then you will be blessed and filled, it says. Rabbi Zacharias is one of my favorite authors. And he had this, he, he talks about this line. He says that he always wants his life to be within the voice of God. Think about that. I love that, that picture. I love the picture that that, uh, it brings up the shepherd image in my head. It brings up so many great images I want to be in the, within the voice of God. Now that, we can't, uh, he doesn't mean that in the sense of following the rules, staying in boundaries. He means that he wants to hear from God. He never wants to be too far away that he doesn't hear God's voice. He always wants to be within the voice of God. If we can stay in the voice of God, within the voice of God, we will be filled it is the promise he makes. We are righteous when we come to Christ. We are righteous positionally. Now, by that I mean we are, we are when God looks at us, he sees the blood of Christ. We are right, righteous positionally. But our actions belie our beliefs. We still act like we don't believe in God. We still act like, like Christ's sacrifice isn't enough. We need to live within the voice of God. Do you want to be filled? Do you want to be blessed and filled? Fall in love with Christ. Lean into the love he has for you. And you will be blessed and you will be filled. That's what this verse says. 
Do you need to lean into Christ this morning? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads. Do you need to lean into Christ this morning? Maybe for the first time ever, you're realizing that he died on that cross for you. That, that this desire in you to be righteous, he's the only way it can be filled. Maybe you, you, you see this and, and see, I want to be blessed. I want to be filled. You can, you can be blessed and filled in a simple prayer. Follow along with me in your own words and, and, and just say, God, I know that I have sin in my life. I am, I am unrighteous. I've done things wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus died on the cross to pay my price, to pay the price for my sin, to make me whole again with you, to fix our broken relationship. And so I ask you to forgive me and to come into my life, fill me and bless me today. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, you need to let somebody know. You can come and let me know. You can wait until after the service and let me know. You can elbow your neighbor and let them know. Let somebody know. Maybe this morning you're realizing that you have been doing righteousness and you need to back up and rest in the righteousness of Christ. Rest in your hunger and thirst for what he has for you. Will you take this moment right now and do that? Father, we thank you for this reminder because we can't do righteousness. We can't consistently do it. So thank you for this reminder that we can be righteous, that we can be filled and blessed when we lean in to you, when we hunger and thirst for what you have for us. Help us this week to show that. Help us this week to be right with you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is Pastor Jim from Porter Mountain Fellowship. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. These are sermons from our 10.30 a.m. service on Sundays. If you're in the neighborhood, stop by. We're on the corner of Porter Mountain Road and Commerce Drive in beautiful Lakeside, Arizona.